Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Jack. Help! I need the bare necessities. Gabe as Roy. I really hope that everybody isn't expecting me to save them. And Matt as Rocky. Help! I've fallen, and I can't get up. I need life alert. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? How we good? How was your day? I'm here. It was it was a day. I made it through the wilderness somehow. I made it through. Today is is a day. Today is the first day of our uh, rest of our lives. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And we did get one letter. A letter. Was the letter P? From Chunky Love Muffin. I've been binge listening to your podcast on my way home from work. And I'm just about caught up. I love the quick, witty back and forth between you guys. There's times when I've nearly wrecked my truck laughing. The commercials and the recommendos are awesome and allow you to stand out from the other podcasts I listen to. Keep up the good work, guys. Just remember, you can't roll for insanity if you're already insane. That's true. And I want to give you a warning. Don't look in the back seat. You think we're witty? I think we're pretty and witty and bright so thank you chunky love muffin appreciate that this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecraft tapes so check that out if you want to get more interesting content uh, i am posting some things that even the players can't see rude and that's where we put the real podcast actually that's true because we do put the a different version now on patreon.com that has the outtakes it's a special gift to our patreon supporters because it takes extra time to edit that stuff in and i want to reward those people who help us out before we begin we need to take a quick commercial break and now a word from our sponsor now available on Scream Early Access, the video game you've waited your entire life for. That is, if you are a nine-year-old who was born on this day when we first announced development and then spent the last three years attempting to drum up financing, promising alpha and beta builds but never really delivering, and then pressuring our devs to work 19-hour workdays until they collapsed, but ultimately delivered, like I said, the video game you've waited for your... Okay, scratch that. We're in danger of a programming loop. No need to hold your breath any longer, friends. It's finally here. Introducing Fartsmophobia 2, The Next Wave. You and up to nine other friends will need to pass through massive armies of bean breeze demons, hordes of stewed cabbage devils, and sugar-free chocolate bosses in order to rescue sweet Princess Lentil held prisoner on top of Mount Airbiscuit by the evil Count Flufferdoodle. Suit up for war with fully customizable weapons and gear, including cheese-cutting vorpal swords for those extra-tough battles, SBD shields that will protect you from all invisible attacks, and right-cheek sneakers to help you get away from the scene of the crime fast. Pre-order now and you'll receive free of charge an in-game pet, Choose from Major or Champ, two beautiful rescue dogs who will stay close and assist you by distracting enemies with well-timed barking spiders. Mm. 
That's not all. The first 500 downloaders will also get a one-year supply of Campbell's Bean and Bacon Can Soup. Our motto is, fight fire with more firepower. <clears throat> now, I know the gaming market is a bit bloated right now, and we're not here to cramp your style, but we've been sitting on this for quite some time and you can't blame us for wanting to let her rip. Trust me, once you get a whiff of Fartsmophobia 2, you'll understand why we're compelled to toot our own horn. <clears throat> And we're back. What do you guys think of that product and their service? I'm a little speechless, really. I didn't think that a product could cover every single thing I was looking for for Christmas. I'm giving it a 0.5 out of 10. It's the best thing I've ever seen. It's kind of crazy when a buyer can predict the sales pitch. I like to see that. It's not going to make any sense. We're hoping to make dollars, not cents. All right? No, I only want cents. We want to make some dollars. Dollar, dollar bills. I accept my bribe money only in coins of quarters or less. Quarters are a bit too big for me. Really? I don't have a problem passing them along. Cricket. Cricket. No, seriously. Cricket, cricket. I've heard that product and our service can help insects play professional sports. I mean, not like football or baseball or basketball or tennis or high lie or hockey or football. More like darts. I mean, have you ever seen Grasshopper shoot 301 or Shanghai or 501 or Chase the Dragon or 701 or just playing cricket? Yeah, me neither. But I bet you their guns must be very tiny. What about just one? I'm still processing it. Hold on. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Case 11, Haunted Hearts. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. From dead birds to talking dolls to phantom portals, the investigators of the unknown encounter more supernatural spoopiness than they can handle as they explore the second floor of the Pomance. A dark closet triggers repressed childhood memories in Roy, a confrontation with his father that left more than just bruises on his arm. Rocky and Ricky continue to search for journal pages, but the bottom drops out of their investigation, literally. Meanwhile, Jack and Danny find their brush with a ghost baby unbearably horrific. Will our heroes ever find the missing girls, or is time running out for all of them? Rocky, you're having the most wonderful vacation. The sun is shining golden bright overhead, the sky's blue and cloudless. A light warm breeze ruffles your thick healthy head of hair, tickling the back of your clean-shaven neck. Behind dark designer sunglasses, you drink in the sight of a calm azure ocean as you sit on the spotless white beach in a comfortable slingback lounge chair. In one hand is a Mai Tai with a colorful umbrella sticking out of a tall cool glass that is dripping with condensation. In the other, a smoldering Cuban cigar, the fragrant tobacco mingling with the scent of suntan lotion and palm trees. From somewhere behind you drifts the formless music of steel drums and xylophones. You draw in a deep breath and immediately begin gasping, your throat obstructed by something slimy and writhing. The drink and cigar fall to the sand as you lurch forward out of the chair and onto your knees clutching at your neck. You can't breathe. Dark spots begin to dance in front of your eyes like negative after-images of fireworks. 
you try to retch up the alien intruder, even now coiling in the dark recesses behind your tonsils. But it's no use. The thing won't budge, and you can feel your body shutting down. Shuddering in the precursor to death throes, you roll onto your back, staring up at the sky, waiting for the inevitable. But then, a solar eclipse. No, not exactly. It's the shadow of someone standing over you. A young woman, dripping, naked, fresh from the sea. She bends over you, lips parting softly, lowering to meet yours. Her mouth meets yours for just the briefest of moments. Then the woman's face shifts, becoming that of your brother, Roy, his rum-sodden breath filling your lungs. In surprise and disgust, you cough up a lungful of seawater directly into his face. Ricky is also kneeling nearby, but both you and your brother appear to be focused on Danny, who is standing in the doorway to the bedchamber. You guys, she repeats. I said there's a goddamn bear in the other room and it's killing Jack. (sighs) I gotta save everybody today. Come on. And she starts rushing out of the room. As I stand up, I'll slap Rocky in the face, and then I'll sort of cautiously go with Danny, trailing a little behind her with my gun drawn. Ricky reaches down to grab Rocky's hand. Are you well enough to go? (coughs) I'll be fine. Just give me a minute. My slap really hurt him. So, Roy, you head out the door of this chamber, seawater dripping from your face, of course. You see Danny just making a beeline for the door that is directly to the east. Ricky hauls Rocky to his feet. Are you going to be okay? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to need some medical attention for my foot. But as long as you can drag me down this hallway, I'm going to pull my gun out. I say we go bear hunting. And I'm not talking about large, hairy Russian men either. All right. And she uh, provides some support, slinging one of your arms over her shoulders and uh, basically draws you out of the room. You stumble out, casting a fearful glance behind you at the room that had just plummeted to the bottom of the ocean. Could you call that the room where it happened? Don't you wish you were there, Rocky? No. No, I don't. Fuck that shit. But you guys uh, burst out of the chamber to see Roy and Danny just about ready to go into the bedroom. And Danny casts a look at your gun and steps aside to let you go first. Ah! I'll kick the door in. So Roy kicks in the door, bursts into the room, and you see what appears to be probably some sleeping chamber, almost a mirror image for the one that you just found Rocky and Ricky in. And you expect to see a bear, as Danny described, attacking Jack. Instead, you see Jack standing in the southeast corner, brushing his clothes off, some dust is on his clothes, and putting his gun in the holster. He looks up at you with a quizzical look, and you see a bearskin rug lying in front of the hearth with a couple bullet holes in it. And I'll turn to Danny. I think he got the bear. (laughs) And she looks over your shoulder. Jack, are you okay? Well, I've been better. I think that was a ghost. Did you tell them about the baby? Uh, and she hesitantly comes into the room, looking her eyes wide, just looking every which way. She's uh, particularly looking at you, Jack. I'm checking myself as well. Roy, I'm not crazy. I, s- I saw the damn thing. It tried to take a... Jack, I saw it hit you in the face. It hit me in the face and in the stomach. But look, I'm fine. I don't know what happened. And by this time, Rocky and Ricky appear in the door. 
Oh, God, what happened to your face? I am so... Oh, you always look like that. This house is doing things. First of all, Rocky, it drowned you in the middle of a wooden floor. Second of all, a bearskin rug attacked you. Third of all, I haven't had a nap in a while. So unfortunately, it appears things are escalating as we run out our invisible clock here. I'd say at this point, we're probably reaching phase four. Uh, we have entities that are harnessing the local energy fields as well as other ambient sources of psychosomatic energy to not only fully manifest, but also incur changes to the physical world around us at least temporarily anyway. English, Rocky, English. We know do good. The ghosts are strong enough at this point to mess with you. They get inside your head. They can make things appear the way they aren't. Now, according to my previous training, there is a a level five here, but as far as I know, no one's ever seen that. All right, well, then we're not going to be the first. We've got to be missing something. I still think this whole incident revolves around the former patriarch of the the manse here. What was his name? John, I believe? So, right before the floor fell out of us in the other room, I saw... Whoa, whoa, what? Oh, yes, if you're wondering why we're wet. Um, long story, floor fell out, we were underwater, thing with tentacles was walking towards us, I nearly died. Dumbass drowned when there was no water. And I thought my experience was weird. (laughs) Anyway, right before the floor fell out, I did see a shadow figure of a man. And I'm assuming that this is John Poe himself coming back to make sure that this time the ritual finishes. Rocky, what did he look like? Well, he hasn't fully manifested yet. All I can say is that he was an average height male Was it a big smile? Yes, yes, quite a large, disturbing smile. I've seen him as well. You have? That's why we came into this room. In the corner where those light fixtures are at, there was a baby in a cradle. As soon as I touched it, that's when the bear jumped to life and attacked us. Hmm. Quite strange. So we're getting close to something they don't want us to. Yes, either we're close to figuring things out, and they don't want us to get any closer, or we are running out of time. Either way, we need to keep moving. Have we looked every place on this floor? The only place we have not yet visited is the attic. And I'm clearly no longer in any shape to make that climb. So at the top of the stairs to the attic, there's about, you say, what, a 10-foot gap from the top of the stairs to the the door to the attic? Yes, that's right. Hold on a second. And I'm going to run through the bathroom into the next chamber and grab that ladder out of that closet. I'm going to have Ricky help me back over to where the the attic staircase is. I'm limbering up. So I'm going to go back out into the main hall and start heading back towards this room. So Rocky and Ricky, leaning on one another, go back out into the main staircase hall, and, and they're going to make their way back towards the staircase up to where the attic goes. Danny says to Roy, Roy, you got to believe me that something's going on here because that bear and she tremblingly points to it that thing came to life it was like a real bear oh i know that this house is messed up danny i've seen some stuff and there's no way that rocky could have drowned as dumb as he is when there's no water i get it roy you're you're absolutely right some weird shit's going on i i get it and it doesn't matter that we've been drinking and i'm i'm just starting to come down from all this but i know i had quite a lot a little more over my limit that doesn't matter i saw what i saw okay drunkie yeah i believe you (laughs) i know i believe you why else would there be bullet holes in the rug and as you say that you're pointing at the bear you see something in its mouth 
Danny, I am just too good at this game. And then I'll reach into the bear's mouth and pull out the piece of paper. See, so you stick your hand in and you go, oh, oh, oh my God, I, nothing happened. It's fine. So you reach in and sure enough, you can see that there is another piece of the journal stuck in the bear's mouth. And I'll pull it out as long as the bear lets me. The bear remains inanimate and you do pull out another piece of the journal. It's September 28th, 2020. Whoa. Hold on. Uh, this sucks. Me and Rach told Gwen we didn't want to come here, but no. She didn't believe what the older kids said about this house being haunted. Now she knows. She's more scared than we are, big dummy. We camped out in this vestibule like Mike and them dared us, but when we woke up, the house was different. It isn't run down anymore. None of the windows open, and it looks like night outside all the time. Even though my smart watch says it's day, doors won't open either. It's like they're fake or something. I found this book in the smaller dining room. It was just sitting on the floor outside the basement door. We didn't go down the stairs yet. It smells funny down there. So I started writing in this book after the creepy guy's entries. Not sure what happened to him, but that was a long time ago. Oh, gotta go. Gwen wants to check out the attic. Maybe there's even a way up there. Funny how we're not even hungry or thirsty here. So, Ricky and Rocky meet Jack in the hallway just outside of the other chamber. He's coming out with a little stepladder. Well, it's not quite ten feet, but hopefully we should be able to get someone up to that thing to open it. Well, Jack, here, I'll show it to you. It's just this way. Rocky, would you mind just wait for Roy and Danny? I'll make sure they know where to go. Okay, thanks. Jack's just this way. So I'll just follow Ricky, then. Rocky, you're just waiting there in the staircase hall, listening to their retreating footsteps going up the stairs. And you start to hear a dripping sound coming from that chamber where it happened, the room where it happened. A steady drip, drip, drip. I'm going to back up against the the wall that's right behind me and kind of sit down, and I'm going to pull my gun out and keep it trained on that door. Why don't you go ahead and roll a D100, please? 46. You're keeping your eye trained on that door, and you hear this dripping sound. And almost in unison, you begin to hear footsteps. But they're getting closer. It's not Ricky and Jack. And it doesn't sound like it's Roy and Danny. It sounds like somebody coming up the grand staircase immediately behind you. Echoing footsteps. Roll over onto my stomach to the east so that I'm pointing my gun through the banisters towards the staircase. And it sounds as though the steps are getting closer and closer. But nothing appears through the banister. It's at that point that the chandelier hanging directly in the center begins to gyrate slightly. It starts slowly at first, but you start to see it moving in a counterclockwise fashion, swirling and swirling, becoming faster and faster. And Roy and Danny appear at the doorway to the uh, chamber to the southeast. And I'm going to wave at them to get their attention and then two finger and point towards the chandelier to get them to look at it. And I don't notice him. Uh, Roy, for sure, doesn't even notice. And is just walking toward you, I guess, looking down at his gun, polishing it. Uh, Maybe actually looking down at the piece of paper that he just found, the journal entry. But Danny is squinting over 
Roy's shoulder kind of looking. She notices that the uh, chandelier is now spinning in a wide circle. And you can hear the rattle of the glass of the electric candelabra as it begins to pick up speed. Roy, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I need a 75. I got a 47. That's a success. So you're walking forward, still looking at the piece of paper, holstering your gun. When you notice that there is this shadow playing on the floor and you look up to see the chandelier just about ready to break free of its moorings. Reacting, I'll sort of get to the ground and like not like quite tackle Danny, but like get her down with me. And start shooting up at it. Okay, then. I will give you uh, one shot to take this puppy down before it actually releases from its anchor. So so he's not throwing away his shot? Ah! I need a 38. I got a 48. That's a failure. So, yeah, you, you uh, fire off a shot, and it pings off of a piece of metal and actually makes it spin on its chain even faster. And the bullet embeds in the wall, and it releases from the anchor. And pretty much where you guys are, it can kind of hit any one of you. So I'm going to roll a d6. And if it's a 1 or 2, it's going to hit Roy. If it's a uh, 3 or 4, it's going to hit Rocky. So uh, that's going to be Roy. I rolled a 1. This is going to be a hard dodge. Doesn't it respect me because I acted so fast? Ah... And it got a normal dodge. I got a 22. Two away from a hard. Eh, I'll spend them. All right. So that gives you 20 luck left. You dodge the main bulk of the chandelier, but the chain whips around and strikes you on your left arm through your clothing and gives you a laceration on your left bicep. Looks pretty cool, actually. But you will take one point of damage. The chain whips you in the arm, and then the bulk of it just rolls down the stairs, clattering the whole way. And when the silence descends again, Rocky, you no longer hear the dripping sound, nor the footsteps. Danny rushes to Roy's side. Oh my god, are you okay? I've been beat up a lot worse than this. I don't know, it looks pretty bad. There's blood. Oh god, blood. Rocky, why didn't you warn us? something happening, I was taking a nap. You think that you need a nap more than I need a nap? There's no way in hell. Danny's, like, looking at the laceration on your arm. I'm sorry, Roy, I just don't have any medicine or anything to help you out here. Get over here, I'll see what I can do with it. And I'm gonna try and do something to help bandage it up at least for him while we're here. Go ahead and try a first aid, please. Damn, I needed a 49, I rolled a 77, that's a failure. Spend the luck, I would do it for you. If I fail, does that mean it hurts him? Because if so, let me click this button. It's a really ragged laceration and it's just not easily bandaged up and you guys just don't have the proper materials right now spit on it they'll kill any of the bacteria i'm gonna rub some dirt in it inject you with some bleach oh but wait but hold on i can definitely fix it myself i can medicine it probably needs a couple stitches fortunately it's not too debilitating but your arm hurts like a mofo and uh, when when this is all said and done you're just gonna have to get some stitches i'm not gonna get stitches later i'm gonna definitely forget about it by then but it'll make a really nasty scar as you heal naturally sick but totally badass you know i want that yeah that's why i'm not gonna get stitches so uh the three of you are sitting there trying to recuperate Roy goes i'm no snitch i'm not getting stitches so we should probably attempt to head over to the attic to see what happened with uh ricky and jack but before we go and i'm going to attempt to scrounge up enough stuff to build a just a really basic splint for my ankle just to make walking a little bit easier you're able to locate uh maybe break 
part of the spindle of the staircase and sort of wrap it up with some uh, torn material. If you want, you could even go into the uh, bedchamber. You're probably likely to find some something, maybe a mattress. You can use a bit of the straps there. It takes you a, a goodly 20 minutes for all this to occur. Jack, you and Ricky go up the stairs and you see overhead the trap door to the attic. It's about 10 feet overhead, and you estimate that probably with the um, stepladder that you found, uh, you should be able to just reach the, the little hole where a rope used to hang from. Oh, to pull the stairs down? To pull the trap door down. Yeah, I'm going to try that then. I'll just hold the stepladder for you. Go ahead. All right, st- step to the side, though, just in case there's something on the door and it, it spills out. You don't think there's... Spiders, do you? Because I hate spiders. Oh, no. This house, a house like this would not have spiders. I'm going to reach up, and it's one of those rings that seat inside its own casing. So I'm going to reach my finger in there. It's pretty crusty. It's been a while. I'm going to pull down and pull hard. And as I pull, the latch is going to switch down so I can pull it. But it's also going to open the attic door very quickly, faster than I expected. And you see the uh, collapsible ladder that is built into it begin to fold down. Okay, cool. Jump to the side and move Ricky out of the way. You see basically a dark rectangle above. You ready? Let's go take a peek. I think so, yeah. All right, let's do this. Do you have a flashlight or anything? Pull out my flashlight and I hand it to her. I go, you go first. I'll cover the the rear. I want to be able to look both ways as we go up. But I'm going to climb up the ladder as she's going up normal. I'm going to go up backwards with my heels so I can check the backside of of us as we go up so she ascends the ladder slowly cautiously peeking her head up just above the entrance to the attic shines the light around you can hear her call down i don't say anything it's it looks empty hmm well let's check every nook and cranny okay and she moves fully into the attic all right i'm gonna also move in i'm gonna stay kind of close because she's got the flashlight and i'm going to have my switchblade handy just in case you enter the attic and it appears that it is very large area with slanted beam support beams actually in pretty decent shape there's not a whole lot of dust here it just looks like a very large open area you don't see any storage if there was anything that was stored there once upon a time it's completely gone there are some uh, cobwebs that stretch between the support beams but otherwise it's it looks like a very large space that's very dry but otherwise completely empty hmm this isn't exactly what I expected, Jack. It's not what I expected either. Should we do try a, a reading? Try to read this room while we're here? Uh, that could be, yeah. We could do that. I I guess we should just poke around a little bit first. All right, let's do that. You keep the flashlight. Okay. Every once in a while, shine it towards me if you don't mind, just so I know you're good. Okay. And uh, the two of you begin to comb the attic. After just a few minutes, Ricky is standing in the center of the attic. Jack. Check, check, come here. Okay, I rush over. What is it? And you're standing very close to one another. You're looking up at her curiously. She's like, watch. And she breathes, and you can see her breath. And you can tell that the whole surrounding area right here in the center of the attic is quite a bit colder than the rest of it. Feels the same as when the bear was there. I'm going to sweep Ricky's leg out from underneath her, dropping her to the floor. She gets out a little bit of a yelp and lands on her butt. The flashlight falls from her hand and rolls. I know what you are, and I'm going to put my knife into her heart and cover her mouth. Rocky, Roy, and Danny, you're getting to your feet. You're feeling 
a little bit better now that you've got a splint? Well, I suppose it's time we make our way over to the attic. Maybe they've found another journal page that might shed some more light on what exactly is happening here. Oh, speaking of which, and I'll hand him the journal page that I found and be like, hey, you need to start finding some of these. Interesting. And I'm going to kind of read it over as we're walking towards the attic stairs. Rocky, what do you, what do you make of that? It sounds like the girls wrote it. Yes, it seems like wherever Eldritch Poe ended up, our girls also ended up. I'm starting to suspect that there is some sort of commonplace that everybody ends up in when they get trapped here. Well, I suspect we'll find out about it sooner rather than later. Yeah, unfortunately, you are most likely correct. All right, let's see if they manage to get the attic open or not. I can't wait to see Ricky. She's my best friend in the house. And as Rocky says that and takes a step onto the stairwell leading up towards the attic entrance you begin to hear a weird sound that sends chills up your spine just up to the north through that hallway that leads to where the other page was destroyed you quite clearly hear the sound of a sewing machine and someone humming i'm going to stop i'm going to slowly back down the staircase and I'm going to pull my gun out and I'm going to look at Roy and Danny and I'm going to point down the hallway towards the sewing room and I'm going to start slowly limping down the hallway. And Danny nods as if she hears it too. I'll follow. So the three of you stalk carefully, cautiously down that hallway and you realize that there's a light on just past the doorway which is open just a few inches, and the humming is getting louder. And the sewing machine sounds like it's working up quite a storm. I'm going to wait for them to get up behind me, and since I'm down one leg, I'm going to shoulder check the door open and kind of take as big of a step in as I can, make sure my gun is up and pointing towards where I think the humming is coming from. So the room, as you know, is pretty small. It's not a big room at all. It has completely changed since you last saw it. There is a window to the north, which now has beautiful, luxurious, floor-length curtains. The sewing machine that you had previously destroyed by shooting it is intact and seated at that station is what appears to be an old woman dressed in finery, gray hair. You can't quite see her features because her back's to you. And she is busily working on some sort of garment with red thread. I'm going to shoot the garment. It's almost as if it's a, a long dress or uh, perhaps some sort of body covering or maybe even a blanket, just very thin and narrow, but it's almost as if she's constructing the whole thing out of just thread, of which there are spools and spools set up all along these spindles, which all feed into this sewing machine. And she's just humming as she's sewing. Swing in. Yeah, I don't know who you are, Grandma, but drop it and let me see your hands. And the sewing stops for a moment. She doesn't move a muscle. And you see her hands come down and fold in her lap. Uh, 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 hands where I can see them. 
She continues to hum. And you hear this voice emanate from the old woman. Are you the visitors? I'm going to plug her right in the back of the head. See if I can't go dead center. I don't trust anything, man. Go ahead and give me a roll. I needed 74. I got a 30. That's a hard success. The bullet flies a very short distance, hits the back of her head. Her head explodes. Basically, you see a crevice just open up and both sides of her head split to either side. And red thread spools out from inside her head. And you hear her voice say, That wasn't very hospitable. Well, I already took a shot. Roy, it's your turn. Get in here. I like string, too. <laughs> Let's give uh, Rocky a sanity roll. How's that? Makes sense, since I shouldn't be the only one that has to make them. I needed a 64. I rolled a 96. That's a failure. So we're, we're going to go ahead and give you another point of sanity. All right, sir, you are currently sitting at, rounded up, 8%. So you're not anywhere near the 20% threshold yet. But uh, that was pretty disturbing. Seeing that whatever I did did not work, despite the fact that her head is currently split open, my gun is going to drop to my side. I'm going to go wide-eyed, and then I'm just going to grab whoever is behind me and shove them towards her, and then try and back out of the room as fast as I can. I'm glad I came in third. And I'm going to close the door on my way out. Uh, You reach back and grab the first person at your grasp, and it's Danny. You easily grab her. She's quite surprised, and throw her into the room and slam the door. Hey, why'd you push her, dude? The grandma was made of yarn. Yeah, grandma's like yarn. She was made of yarn. Well, you then why did you leave Danny in there with her? Distraction. And I'm going to start running for the attic stairs. And I'll open the door. So, Roy, as you hear your brother's limping footsteps go up the stairwell. Ow, 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 ow. You open the door... And see Danny sprawled in the middle of the sewing room. And you see this red thread all over her body, constricting her, drawing her into a pile at the center of the room. It's almost as if she's being attacked by a million snakes. Whoopsie doodles. It's across her mouth, like almost like a gag. And she's struggling and mumbling. And, and I'll pull out my machete. Sorry about your legs, Danny. My whole night has been waiting for this one moment. You can see now that it's almost as if the entire room is made of this red thread, this thread yarn. All of these different filaments are almost coming from the walls. And you begin hacking madly at the individual filaments as Rocky limps up the staircase and sees the attic door wide open, and the stairs that are built into it lowered. And you think, Rocky, that you see maybe some light above through the dark rectangle? I'm going to have to very slowly climb up this ladder and just slowly, like, peek my head up into the room just enough to look and kind of turn around and see what's happening. So you limp up and heave yourself above the lip of the attic. I don't need no lip. You can't believe what you see. The attic is an abattoir. There are hooks dangling from the ceiling, covered in viscera and blood. They jangle 
It's colder up here. It smells like a slaughterhouse. There is a flashlight towards the center of this giant space. And in the feeble glow, which is flickering, you clearly see a man. His figure pale and nearly skeletal. Dark features, dark hair, which is falling out in clumps. Two chains with hooks on the ends pierce his palms while several other stainless steel cables with hooks on the end suspend him from the ceiling, his blood dripping onto the floor in the very center, pooling. It's been that way for some time because the blood is black. And right next to him is Jack, his body suspended in the same manner. There are claw marks across his face, and his belly has been ripped open to expose dangling bits of intestine. Don't look, I'm shy. At the feet of these two suspended bodies is Ricky, splayed out, arms wide, eyes dead and staring up at the ceiling, and Jack's switchblade protruding from her chest. And then you see another figure directly to your right, just a few feet away. It's like a fucking clown car up here. Where are all these people coming from, eh? Striding toward you. I'm going to pull my gun out as quick as I can, point it at the moving figure, and say, this didn't work last time, but let me see those hands and stop moving or else you get it. And the figure immediately stops moving and throws up their hands. Who are you and what are you doing here? It's me, Gwen. I think you were here to find us. Maybe. The man. He was here. He killed her. It's it's him. It's, it's John Poe. And the figure that is dangling in the center of the attic, next to Jack's body, raises its head and says, My father. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Shit's happening, yo. I think whatever is happening, we are running out of time. All the the illusions that they've used to hide this house, to make it look normal, to make it seem like there's nothing there, are starting to unravel because we're getting close. Either close to the the solution to the problem or close to the end of our clock. I think it's only going to get weirder and worse from here. Any uh, theories on the sewing room? It seems like so far, the only two other bodies that are up there, Jack was supposedly killed by the bear rug, and his injuries are the same. Ricky was killed by Jack when she was stabbed, so it seems like the house is trying to kill all of us, and maybe the sewing room was its attempt to get me. In the moment of madness, I ended up sacrificing someone else. I think this is a Coraline ripoff. So when do we put buttons over our eyes? You don't have yours? I've had mine for weeks. That's why their blood is is thread. Their blood is thread. It adds up. <laughs> Sweet Coraline. Da, 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 da. Brian, any theories on Jack's delusional encounter with the bear? I have not a clue. I don't I'm on a hook, I guess. <laughs> could you call it a plot hook? Oh, that could be it. I don't think you'd call it that. One thing I would like to say, I was still in this episode. <laughs> Ha ha ha!
Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Please roll the hunter. 69. Nice. So Matt, go ahead and take us off, 69. Nice. All right, so this week uh, we're stepping it up a bit. I'm not going to recommend a piece of software, but a piece of hardware instead. I've had about a week to to play with this thing and test it out. And as everyone knows, at, at the point of recording, the, the, the quote, next-gen consoles have been out. As far as whatever you like, you can like whatever you like. I really don't care. But I'm going to say for those of you who, who want to hear it from me, I'm going to recommend the Xbox Series X. Uh, the new Xbox, the Xbox Series X is the bigger and more powerful version, which is the one that I have. It really is a great console. The new SSD and their new velocity architecture, loading times aren't a thing anymore. Games that used to take two plus minutes to load now load in 15 to 30 seconds. I can fast travel in The Witcher 3 so fast, it breaks the fast travel screen. Games that are enhanced specifically for the Series X run at higher frame rates and higher resolutions. It really is amazing and it's absolutely making me play more games now that I don't have to, you know, a lot amount of time for just getting into the game and getting things going and waiting for loading. Along with that, quick resume is their other killer feature. So with that, uh, anytime you stop playing a game, the system saves a snapshot of where you were and dumps it onto the SSD. So you can then go back and within five to six seconds, rotate between six different games. You don't have to wait to go back to the main menu. You don't have to reload from everything. You just switch back and five to six seconds later, you are in the game and you are still going exactly where you were when you stopped, which is awesome because it means that I can boot up like a multiplayer game like Call of Duty while I'm waiting for everyone else to hop on and I can load into a single player game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And when everybody is on and ready, I just flip back to my other game and it takes me five seconds to be ready to go. And it's just so, so nice. It's fast. It's powerful. It Everything looks amazing. If you can get your hands on an Xbox Series X, definitely do it because I'm, I'm loving it. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, and tonight I'm going to do something a little bit different too. Tonight I'm going to be uh, recommending international travel. No, no, no. Not get on a plane and fly to Denmark or anything like that. At least not until we're all vaccinated. I mean, load up Google Maps and use Street View to walk virtually. Virtually anywhere. For instance, once this whole virus thing is ancient history, let's say you'd like to visit Paris again or for the first time. I can attest that the streets of Paris and the surrounding arrondissements can be somewhat confusing. So why not get your bearings ahead of time by loading up google.com slash maps and search Paris, France. And then in the lower right of the web app, grab that little yellow figure and drag him to the map and drop him on a highlighted street. Once you do that, you can uh, use your keyboard or mouse to move around, gawking at all the patisserie shops, the boucheries. I highly recommend strolling around the base of the Eiffel Tower or even gazing at the artworks inside the Louvre uh, without all the crowds. That's kind of nice. You can actually get up close and see the Mona Lisa. It can't replace travel, obviously. It can scratch that itch for a little bit and planning for a future trip can instill much needed optimism when we're all feeling isolated. So I highly recommend that. If you need another tool to assist in your virtual visits, I can recommend uh, window-swap.com. A friend of mine just shared that with me where you can view a live feed of someone else's window worldwide. 
It's random. These people actually record the view out their window, and then they upload it. So, for instance, uh, earlier this week, I peered out from a balcony in Nagoya, Japan. Uh, I watched the sunset in Istanbul, Turkey, and spied on the city lights at night in St. Petersburg, Russia. If you don't like the view, you can go to the next one, and it just randomizes what you see. By happenstance, I have popped onto Independence, Michigan, where they had chickens strutting around their backyard. I recommend both that, Google Maps, uh, for street view, to check out some international stuff, but also window-swap.com. All right, Brian, I believe you are up next, sir. There's a channel on YouTube. It's called 4K Relaxation Channel, and it's basically virtual walks on beaches and forests and cities around the world. They don't talk. It's high resolution. The crowds are walking past them. The shops are going. And it's just a walk through a city, usually a famous one, or a beach. I watch them before bed just to get everything out of my head, just to relax. And usually I, it helps me fall asleep much faster. Uh, they All different lengths. They go from 40 minutes to three hours, some of them. It, it really has helped me a lot with the lockdown and not being able to see the f family members and stuff like that. It really has kind of transported me there and, and helped with that, that little bit of mental health that we all need help with sometimes. So definitely, please check it out. It's it's definitely worth worth a watch. It's extremely relaxing. Um, no narration or anything, which is fantastic for me. It's a 4K relaxation channel. All right, Gabe, why don't you close this off, buddy? I'll also do something weird because everyone else has. I'm a big fan of metal, and I just always have been, and it's always been something that I've really liked as a kid till now, and I've recently sort of gotten into, like... Uh, making stuff and like patches and pins and stuff like that. So I'm going to recommend Pull the Plug Patches. It's a company, I think they're out of, it's either Australia or New Zealand. Just a guy and he will go to bands that he likes and that, every, that other people like. And he'll like contact with them and he'll get their permission to make patches. And he'll, he'll make some of the coolest, most high quality patches that I can find. And they're all at a good price too. They're woven patches, which usually are not good quality but i've ordered a couple from this guy and they're really high quality the picture is great and they're durable and the edging is done well and i follow him on social medias and he's a very personable guy he's always having a good time you can see that he loves that he's able to do this and that the bands will let him do it so it's just great to see that energy from someone they also make pins and while i generally think that the price of pins is like ridiculous they're really high quality pins if you like that i just think as a whole it's a really good website and he makes a really good product what he'll do is he has a drop every month and leading up to it he'll announce these are the patches i'm making i'm making this many of them get them while you can so it's limited edition he'll make patches of the same band twice but he has never made the same patch twice so you gotta if you want to get it you gotta get it uh which you know that can be frustrated when he drops like a more popular band and you're just not fast enough but especially being that he's from Australia the time difference kind of kills me sometimes but I just think it's a really cool thing especially since I love the community and it's a fun thing to support and I've had a lot of fun doing stuff with the patches and they're pretty much the best patches I've been able to find All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching on Twitch. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter 
at Lovecraft Tapes. And if you want to get your votes in on who I should shoot next, hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if you want to rise up against chandeliers with me, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And if anybody would like to meet a centibite, you can find me at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll for Jesus Wept. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2021. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.